All right, if you got your Bibles, hold them up. Repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught God's Word. It's His truth transforming every part of my life. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Are you guys ready this morning? All right. Well, here's what we're going to do. About a month ago, the Lord laid into my heart a scripture out of Revelation chapter 2 that talked about Jesus talking to one of the churches saying, you've lost your first love. You've lost your first love. And, and I knew at that time as he was planting that seed in my heart for today, I didn't really study it out until this week. But as I began to study it, I saw why the Lord wanted me to talk to us about it. So let's jump right in. Look at Revelation chapter 2. It's in your notes or on the screen. Or you can read it in your Bible. Revelation 2, 1 through 5. To the angel of the church in Ephesus, write this. These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hands and walks among the seven golden lampstands. And those lampstands represent the churches. I know your deeds. I know your hard work and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not. And if you found them false, you've persevered and you've endured hardships for my name. And you have not grown weary. Man, that sounds really good, doesn't it? He's really building them up, saying, here's all the things that you're doing right. But look at verse 4. It says, this is Jesus talking. He said, but I hold this one thing against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first, your first love. Consider or think about or look at how far you have fallen. Then he says, repent and do the things you did at first. And if you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand of the church from its place. Tell you what the scripture is talking about. Jesus is talking about this church at Ephesus and they were an amazing church. I mean, they're one of the cornerstone churches in Europe. Paul helped plant the church. He pastored it for a while. He handed it off to Timothy. Timothy pastored this church. John, the apostle John, who wrote the book of John, 1st, 2nd John and Revelation, was there for a season. I mean, this was an amazing church, an amazing church. It's a model church. And yet when Jesus is talking to them here, he said, man, you're doing all these things. You're working really hard. You've persevered. You've handled tough times. He said, but I've got this thing against you. You've left your first love. You forgot what your first love was. And I really wanted to understand what Jesus was talking about here because in reference to our church, as I began to look at our church and why he would want us to to look at this, I recognized the danger that was there. And it's this. This is the challenge as true believers. I'm not talking about people that play church. I'm not talking about people that go to church once a year. I'm talking about people that are Christians. I'm talking about people that love God. This is a danger that we can face. Grace and mercy can be replaced by works and religion. Grace and mercy can be replaced by works and religion. And I know some of you say, well, pastor, what does this mean? How how does that happen? If you forget grace, there's a couple blanks I want you to look at here. It can become about what we do and not who he is. It can become about what we do 
and not who he is. Or when that happens, we become about performance. It becomes about performance. Anybody know what I'm talking about when I talk about performance? And and I was praying, Lord, show me, and I'm going to break this down for you so you really understand, because this is important. Works, the Bible tells us that works show our faith. Works show our faith. We don't want our faith to be with, with, I mean, we don't want our works to be without faith. In other words, you can work really hard, but there's nothing going on in here. You can serve all day long, but your heart can be as hard as a rock. You can work really hard, but, but where's the love? And, and I want to tell you, as I, was, as I was reading this and studying, the Lord gave me this visual image. How many of you have ever seen TV or may, maybe a, a, saw a magazine article or something online that showed a food kitchen, people serving in a food kitchen? You ever seen that? You know, all the people, maybe they're homeless or they're challenged, but they're, they're going through this line, and there's a worker or workers behind, and they're putting food on the plates. And this is the image that the Lord showed me. Imagine that. All these people that are hurting, going through this line, and the person that's serving them is just slapping the food on their plate and telling them to hurry up. They're doing the works, but their heart's not there anymore. One of the dangers that you fall into in ministry, one of the dangers you can fall into in police work, one of the dangers that teachers face is that we can become cynical. We can, the people, the very people we're serving, we can become hardened against. And this is what Jesus was talking about at the church at Ephesus. He said, don't let your heart be hard. Remember how you were back here in the first place. Remember what you felt like when you knew that love was brand new. When you realized that God loved you so much and your service to him was out of complete adoration. But when you get to the place where your service becomes out of religious duty, you're in danger. You're slapping food on the plate and tell them to hurry up. You're sitting in church going, I wish they'd shut up so I can go home and watch the football game. You've lost your first love. You've lost your why. And that's a danger in a church like ours that is doing more amazing things. We don't ever want to become religious. There are churches around the country that are huge buildings, beautiful buildings, but they have inside of them, they have 20 or 30 people because what happened is over time, they lost their first love and they got distracted and they got their focus on the wrong thing. And they forgot why they do what they do. And as I began to look at that, I began to really ask the Lord, how do we not become those people? How do I not become that person? How do I keep my heart tender before the Lord? How do I keep first things first? How do I not lose my first love? This is important. This is one of those messages that I never want you to forget because it's the danger that we fall into. It's the danger that we fall into. So how do you do it? Another question is, how do we not lose our heart of grace and become religious in our works? Here's how you do it. Three things, and they're very simple, but they're very profound. Here's number one. Love unconditionally. Love unconditionally. say, well, pastor, what does that mean? Love without strings attached. Love without strings attached. So what does that mean? Well, have you ever given someone a gift and then you expected a certain response from them? Right? You give them something and it's kind of like, here's a million dollars. And then you go, I'm waiting for it. 
And what if they don't respond the way you want them to? Ungrateful heathen. (laughs) But that's conditional love. It's loving expecting something in return. It's I'm going to love you, but I expect you to love me back. And Jesus didn't model that. Jesus taught us to love unconditionally, expecting nothing in return. And here's what's amazing about that. When we do that, when we love unconditionally and expect nothing in return, it keeps our hearts clean. Because if I, if I love you but I don't expect you to do anything back, I've done my part. You can do whatever you want to do. <laughs> but I've done my part. I've loved you and I expect nothing. And I can't be offended that way. Well, I loved them, and they didn't smile or anything. <laughs> Heathen. But when, we, but when we just love people because Jesus loves us and we expect nothing in return, you're free. You know, one of the reasons I talk to you guys about forgiveness all of the time is that if you walk in forgiveness, you are unchanged. You are free. Nobody can harm you. Nobody can capture you. But when you walk in unforgiveness, you are chained to that person. You're shackled to them. But when you forgive them, not only do you set them free, you set yourself free. And that's how unconditional love works. It expects nothing in return. Don't love your kids expecting a response. Love them completely, expecting nothing in return. And when we do that, you're free. Look at the Bible. Look what 1 John 4, 7 says. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give you guys some homework. Everybody say, yay. Yay. I want you guys to read 1 John this week. It's very short. If you need a picture Bible, we'll hook you up. Whatever you need. Just 1 John. Read 1 John. The whole thing. It's very short. It's going to talk about, Dennis, what you've been talking about lately. The love of God. It's all about the love of God, guys. That's what it's all about. And I want you to read that. And if you don't, I'll know because I'm pastor and I know stuff. So y'all better do that. 1 John 4, 7, dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God, and look at this, knows God. Remember Jesus talked about, you need to know me, that intimate knowledge, and when that love is flowing through us, we know God, we know him. So love unconditionally, that'll keep your heart soft, that'll keep your heart soft. Look at number two, remember Our first love. Remember our first love. And here's how I want you to remember this. Here's how I do it. I choose to remember who I was when Jesus found me. I was not always this good looking. (laughs) Easy, Steve. Stop it, Dennis. I choose to remember how lost I was. I was the one that Jesus left the 99 for and he came after. Sometimes I still am. Trevor, I'm so glad you're here because I'm going to tell a story on you. Here here a while back, um, one of the gentlemen from the church came up to me. Sometimes we still get lost, don't we? Even as believers. Sometimes we still get lost. A while back, Gordon McCain came in the church, and he, he was so excited, he walked up to me and handed me an FNBC golf ball with Marty's name on it. 
uniquely, it wasn't in the fairway, Trevor. I guess it was also off in the woods somewhere, and Gordon was out hunting for golf balls, and he was so excited because he found this lost golf ball out in the woods with Marty's name on it. What was funny is that Marty didn't do that. Trevor took one of Marty's golf balls and went and lost Marty in the woods, right? <laughs> But Gordon was so excited that he'd found this ball, right? And he brought it in, and, you know, we did this big presentation to Marty and all that. And Marty goes, yeah, Trevor did it. And so, but sometimes we get lost in the woods. And the way I remember my first love is I remember that Jesus came looking for me when nobody did. I wasn't worth it. And yet somehow he felt like I needed to be found. And so when I look at other people, when I look at other people standing in a line of backpacks, here's the response, oh, there's still a hundred of them, or oh, there's still a hundred of them. There's a big difference. There's a big difference because you never know which one's lost and needs to be found and is just looking for hope. They're buried in the weeds out there somewhere, and they're just looking for somebody to find them. And if you want to keep your heart tender before the Lord, you look at people the way Jesus looks at you, and you remember your first love. You remember that he found you and that he thought you were worth it, and so other people are worth it too. Amen? That's how we do that. We remember our first love. And here's the third one, my favorite. Love lavishly or extravagantly. That word lavish is like, what does that even mean? Love lavishly, extravagantly. You say, well, pastor, or break it down for me. Tell me. What does this mean? Here's what it means. How many of you like pancakes? Raise your hands. Don't lie. I can tell some of you like pancakes. Biscuits and gravy. Who likes biscuits and gravy? Oh, hallelujah. I got a witness all up in her. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been to a restaurant and you ordered biscuits and gravy and they come out and there's like, boop, little bitty that much gravy. And you're like, really? Look at me, you know. No. No, I don't want a little bit. I don't want to smell it. I want that bad boy so covered in gravy that I can't see the biscuit. I want my pancake. I don't want a little dab of syrup. Hallelujah, there's a bottle. Just come on. I want that bad boy. I got to chase it. It's floating. Come on. Oh, there you go, you know. That's what you want. That's extravagant. That's where it's just, it's just so much. It's so much you can't handle it. How many of you have been overwhelmed by God's love for you before extravagant love not a little bit it was so much you could literally barely stand I have where his love was so great that you couldn't lift your head his mercy was so beyond my sin that it wasn't about me it was about his love for me and I didn't deserve this love this extravagant lavish more than I need just dumping it on top of me let me tell you something it's the kindness and the love of God that leads us to repentance not somebody beating us over the head with a bible 
It's, it's this love that's so greater than our sin. It's this love that died on a cross and who rose again. It's this love that, that just pours in and just floods us. It just floods us. And if you will allow God to love you like that, He'll just He'll soften your heart. Look at your Bible. Look at Ephesians. Chapter 2, verses 6 through 9. And God raised us up with Christ, and he seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Let me tell you real quick, Jesus. Jesus was talking to the people about the prodigal son. Do you remember the prodigal son that ran away from home? And who found himself in a pig pen and said, Hey, I don't like this. I'm going home. Even if I can just be a servant, I'm going home because it's better than this. And remember, as he was just about home, his dad saw him a long way off and went running to him. And the son said, Dad, I'm sorry. Just make me a servant because that's all I deserve. And what did the dad do? He took a ring off his finger and put that ring back on his finger, which signified he was bringing it back into the family. He took the robe off himself. He embarrassed himself to cover his son. And he said, even more than that, we're going to kill the fatted calf. We're going to have a party. Let me just tell you something. That's extravagant love. That's God going, I I just, well, Eddie, I know. You're a heathen, Eddie. Bless your heart. I tell you what, I'm just going to let you into heaven. You can be a janitor in heaven. Amen? No. Here's what my Bible says. My Bible says he's going to take Eddie and he's going to sit him in heavenly places with Jesus. And he's going to be sitting at that table of the lamb, and he's going to be eating root beer floats, and it's awesome. (laughs) Some of y'all are like, can I have pizza? I don't know. Y'all have to talk to the Lord. But my point is, we don't just sneak in. God brings us in, and he lavishes his love upon us. And when we begin to receive that, how it changes our hearts. You know, I want you to think about something for a minute. And then I've got an illustration I think I want to show you because I really want you to get this. God lavishes us with his love, 1 John 3, 1. He doesn't dole out wisdom. The Bible tells us that he gives generously to all without finding fault. He is rich in kindness, tolerance, and patience. His grace is exceedingly abundant, not just enough. His grace is indescribable. When God gives, he dances for joy. He loves to give. God doesn't just love us. He lavishes us with his love. God dispenses his goodness, not with an eyedropper, but with a fire hose. Your heart is a Dixie cup, and his grace is the Gulf of Mexico. You simply can't contain it. You simply can't contain it all. Let me tell you the visual image that God really kind of showed me. I want you all to imagine for a moment that this is God's love. This is the Holy Spirit. Um, Not yet. You don't have to do that yet, Randy. But just get ready. Um, This is God's. Y'all don't be nervous. 
I want you to imagine for a moment that this is God's love. And let's say I look over and, and I think, oh, who need Danny needs God. Danny, do you need God's love? Oh, you do. You need God's love. Let me bring you some God's love right now. Here's God's, I'm giving you out of my, that God's love. Enjoy that. It's really good. Um, oh, Eddie, Eddie, I know. Do you need some God's love? Oh, hold on a minute. I'm a little wore out. Give me just, whew. Okay, here we go. I'm going to bring you some God's love right now. Here we go. I'm going to bring you some of God's love. You need some God's love. Oh, thank you, Todd. What have you got there? What do you got there? Hold on. Oh, we're going to get, that's what I need to distribute God's love. If you've got, uh, anybody else have a park on? Y'all might want to go ahead, kids. Y'all go ahead and put the, thank you, Todd. Who, who wants some of God's love? Who's nervous right now? Raise your hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. I appreciate your honesty. You know, here's how God's love works. God does not pour his love out of a gallon jug. God's got a hose. And God's love is coming out of this hose, and he wants to get it all over you. And here's the deal. It's even more than that, guys. It's even more than that. God doesn't want to just pour his love in and then you pour it out. What God wants to do is he wants to connect his love to you, and then you are the instrument of his love coming out of your life. Jesus said, he who abides in me, my words abide in you, my love's going to live in you. He talked to one lady, he said, your life is going to be like a well that God's love is flowing up out of. And it not only fills you up, but it fills up everybody around you. It runs over you, Dami, and it gets all over everybody else. Right? So God wants you to get wet. And since God wants you to get wet... People in the upstairs going, I'm so glad I will never sit on the floor again. <laughs> so y'all count it down with me. One, two, three, go. <laughs> Thank you, Todd. Now. Three of y'all were asleep. You won't sleep no more in church. <laughs> now, let me explain to you why I did that. Let me explain to you why I did that. Y'all look at me. Because I don't ever want you to forget. I don't ever want you to forget that God wants to pour his love extravagantly. And lavishly in your life. But he wants you to do the same thing for other people. He wants you to pour his love on other people. Do you understand? And so here's the deal. When you're out at lunch today and people go, why is there stuff in your hair? <laughs> you just say, it's God's love. It's just God's love. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> for God loved the world so much. That he sent his only son to take your place. And then Jesus said, all the things that he did, how he loved people, he said, go and do likewise. You go do the same thing. Lay hands on the sick. Raise the dead. Cast out demons in my name. Love people. 
but you need his love in you. And here's what I want you to think about today. Here's what I want you to do, and I'm going to close. Two things. First is we have first responders. If you're going to have a first heart attack, we're prepared for that. (laughs) But here's the real thing. I want you to look in your heart. Is God's love flowing outside of you? Is God's love pouring out of you? Or are you like this, where you just, you come every Sunday and you just kind of get your cup filled up, but by Monday afternoon, it's gone. Let's get real. That's not God's plan. Jesus said, a fountain of life flowing up in you, through you, where you're just water flowing out of you, love is flowing out of you, God's power is flowing out of you. That's his plan for your life. Let's all pray for a moment. Lord, I thank you for loving us so much. And Father, I want us to really take a moment to examine our hearts today. Lord, we don't want to be like that church in Ephesus that forgets our first love. But Lord, that we, we allow our hearts to become hard. We become religious. Jesus, that's not why you died. You didn't die so that we'd become religious. You died so that we could be free. And so that we could serve people and love them like you do. Father, help us to love unconditionally, expecting nothing in return. Lord, help us to remember that we were lost. We are those people. And your grace saved us. Help us to be your grace extended. Father, help us to love lavishly. Lord, to love extravagantly. Not to give a little bit, to give it all. To give everything like you did. Lord, help us to be fountains of life that flow to all those around us. That we show people constantly your love. Father, I just thank you in this moment. If you're here today, I'm going to ask you to come forward. That's not, that's not what today's about. What I want you to do right now, if, if you just want to be that kind of person that God's love flows through, I just want you to lift up both your hands just right now. Nobody's looking around. This is just a moment of you just saying, Lord, fill me. Lord, fill me. Lord, flow through me. Flow through me, Jesus. Use me. Love people through me. Fill me up. Fill me up. Father, I just thank you for this moment. Lord, I just pray right now in Jesus' name that your your Holy Spirit is beginning to move in our lives. And as people in honesty are just lifting their hands up to you, Lord, you would give us abundantly, extravagantly your mercy and your love and your grace. Holy Spirit, that you would just pour yourself into us. Flow out of us, Lord. Give us peace and hope and love and joy. And Father, let it flow to our family members and our friends. Lord, all those around us, that people would see your love in us. We thank you for that. Thank you for that. Thank you that we'll never let our hearts become hard. In your name, amen. Amen, amen. Let's all stand up this morning. Glad you came to church. Amen. Here's what I want to do. At the doors as you go out today, we're going to take up an offering for the Gideons. As you go out today, I'm going to have some of the ushers at the doors. I want you to just drop some money into the offering deals as you walk out, okay? 
Just write them a check, write it however you want to do it, and, and the guys, we'll, we'll get it to them, okay? But we want to support them. They give us hundreds of Bibles for these kids, and we want to repay that and pay it forward, actually. I'd like to know somebody in China is getting a Bible that we sent them. Amen? So as you leave today, I want you to give extravagantly to bless other people. Amen? So I'll be out the back doors. Grab your neighbor's hand this morning. Lord, I thank you for your love and your mercy that's over us. Father, I thank you that you've got a plan for our lives. Lord, I just pray that you would move through us and in us. Lord, I want you to look at my life and at our lives as, as individuals and smile. We just want you to look at us and say, that's my kids. We thank you for that, Father. As we leave this place, Lord, help us to be your hands and feet to a world that's hurting and lost. Help us to see people the way you do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, high five five people. Tell them God loves them. And we will see you next week. Okay, I need to announce it. It's in the bulletin. Hey, and I want to remind you guys just real quick, just real quick, on Wednesday, the 29th of this month, we're going to have a business meeting for Wednesday night service. We're going to be announcing uh, some new bylaws we're going to be adopting. So that'll be on the 29th, and we'll give you more information about that as it comes.